Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Even as we are thinking about Christmas, uh, I just felt led to even share from today's scripture with us. And, and I want to bring us back to, you know, Christmas. I want to bring us back to uh, specifically the origins of Christmas. How many know that Christmas is really about Jesus? Amen? It's about Jesus. Uh, and uh, we want to bring our minds to focus back on Jesus, especially in this time where it's so easy. It's so easy for our minds to, to get lost to, I don't know, to all these uh, different advertising that come uh, and uh, the different things, the different fun plans that we have planned. Uh, let us never forget that it is truly about Jesus. And so would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. We're going to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Uh, we're going to read it first, and then I'm going to give us today's title, and, uh, and then we're going to learn together. Amen. Uh, so if you're there, can I hear a good amen? Uh, if you have your Bibles, I strongly encourage you to turn to your Bibles. It's good to turn to the Word of God. Uh, but if you came here this morning without a Bible, it's okay. We've got your back uh, because uh, XTV has probably fleshed it up on the screen. Um, but if you're already there, can I hear another good amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. Uh, we're going to read some scripture today. And, uh, and then, but before that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word. And God, truly, Lord, we are here for you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we want to be transformed by you. Lord, today we are not here for more information, but we desire deep, meaningful, and lasting transformation. God, as we read your word, would your word jump out of the pages that we're reading it from and let it leap straight into our hearts. Give us a heart to understand. Give Give us a heart to apply. Come and change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so let's read Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Amen. Christmas is about God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Amen. You know, sometimes we read uh, uh, scripture 
or maybe not. When we read Scripture, we're actually brought into God's reality. Maybe sometimes we, we think we know Scripture, you know, and maybe based on our own colorful imagination, we tend to whitewash Christmas. We tend to think that it's, it was a very peaceful time, right? That song, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is, you know, whatever. Uh, not whatever, but you know, you know, all is it's kind of like meek and mild and mellow and, and everything is super chilled out. Uh, but when we read the Word of God, we realize that, man, Christmas wasn't like that at all, you know, and there was so much turmoil before that. And, and Christmas, as, as from the scripture that we just read earlier on, we're reminded that, that Christmas, that Jesus coming, that Christ being with us, it is, it is, Christmas is really about God bringing hope into a hopeless situation. Amen. It's really about God uh, redeeming a tragedy or what could have been a tragedy in this situation had God not spoken uh, into a testimony. Amen. And so I'm not sure if, if this is resonating with anyone here. Maybe right now, you know, you're entering into Christmas year end, but instead of like a, you know, a sweet calm, silent night, holy night, chill out, year end. Uh, your year end is getting a little bit rowdy. Your year end uh, is a little bit crazier than how you imagine it to be. Your year end feels like you were looking for your year end break, but right now you feel like breaking. Amen? Anyone I know, feeling like that right now? And, and this is where it's so important for us to not base a, a Christ on our own memory, but to base Christ on Scripture and to realize that, wow, even even before Jesus was born, he already brought hope into a hopeless situation. Even when Jesus was in, in the womb, he had already, you know, uh, 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 caused uh, healing uh, to happen. And, and, and Jesus already uh, avoided, and, and you know, a couple that was thinking of divorcing, Jesus in the womb already avoided that. And Jesus in the womb already healed that. And Jesus is really here to be with us and to bring his love and to bring his peace and, and, and we need his peace. Amen? Amen? And so what, what I love about this scripture uh, is not only about how real and raw it is. Uh, sometimes when we read scripture, we go like, you know, is, is this real? You know, did man write this or is this really from God? Friends, I can tell you, if man wrote it, whatever that we just read would not be in it. You know, because you wouldn't want to put the, 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 the founder of your faith, so to speak, speak, the, the, or the central figure of your faith, Jesus, you know, uh, in, in such a dubious light, oh, you know, you know, controversial birth and all that. But because it is the truth, that is why it is in there, so that we can see it and we can rejoice. And those that are going through similar hardship, those that are going through a similar challenging situation, where you're not sure if what you're going through is of God or is it not of God, and you're not sure whether should you, you know, uh, carry out your own plans to sort it out yourself or to depend on God, I pray that today this scripture will give you much hope and direction. But what I love about this scripture is really about Joseph. You know, I, I, I feel that, you know, Joseph is one of those people that uh, in the Bible, there's so little written about him. Uh, and, and especially this Joseph. When I say Joseph in the Bible, you immediately think of, you know, Joseph and the Technicolor Code. You immediately think of Prince of Egypt, you know, the musical and the animated movie and, uh, and, and you know, and the, the, the sort. Uh, but, but 
when we think of Joseph, we, we rarely think of this particular Joseph. But this particular Joseph, you know, can I tell you a little bit about me? Uh, one of my favorite uh, persons in the Bible is really this Joseph. Uh, and, and I don't know why, maybe it's because of, of my calling, because of, of, of how I serve the Lord as a pastor and as someone who preaches. You know, sometimes I, I feel like I talk a lot. And it feels like, and, and, and like, you know, am I talking too much? There are days where I go, like, am I talking too much? Am I making sense to people? You know, uh, is there a point to all this? Am I, am I really talking the things of God? Or am I just talking for the sake of talking and filling up dead air and, 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 and all that? And, and, and maybe because of what I do, I, sometimes I wish that I can do what I do without talking. And, and when I look at Joseph, I don't know, there's something about him that, that, that and, and, and maybe this is my own projection, but it feels like to me, he's like the strong, silent type. You know, there's, there's so little said about him and so little about him that was said, um, and, but he was there. And yet there was this dependability about this Joseph. You know, the Bible says straight away that this was a, this was a righteous man. This was a man who, who that there was so much honor in him that even when something looked so wrong in his life, he, he didn't make a public scene about it. But he, he even when, you know, on the surface, looked like he was the victim. Uh, he didn't want to victimize another person. And he wanted to secretly do it. There, there was this honor in him that I find so attractive. And I'm not sure whether it's also this, my own projection. You know, ancient times, carpenters. Nowadays, carpenters, we have all the machines, all the electric saws and stuff like that. But back then, I don't know. I, I, I think of a carpenter as, as someone that, you know. So in my brain, uh, Joseph is, is he's like, he's like a gentle giant. He's big, burly, likes to work with his hands, doesn't like to talk much, speaks with his actions more than his words, but is a gentle, kind soul. And maybe I, I'm thinking ancient times, there's no saws and whatnot. So it kind of takes some muscles. It takes some, some muscles to chop down trees. It takes some muscles to, you know, there wasn't no trucks to deliver uh, your IKEA shelf. Back then, it was not even IKEA. You know, he had to chop down the wood and build it and know everything from scratch with no instructions. So when I look at Joseph, he was, you know, I don't know, to me, he was like this person that God saw and God knew that he could trust and entrust him with one of the most important cargoes in all of creation, you know, baby Jesus. Uh, and, and so there was something about Joseph that I find so uh, amazing about, and, and, and especially from the scripture that we just read, you know, he was such a man of integrity. And he was a man that knew how to honor God. And so that's why today I feel led by the Holy Spirit uh, to lead us to, to study his life and to to, to emulate some of his uh, uh, faith principles so that we too become people who know how to honor God uh, like this Joseph did. So if you're taking down notes, uh, the title of a message today is called, Do You Know Joe? Do You Know Joe? I know I gave Toby and, and, and Rachel the, the title and uh, I think as I was preaching, Toby was just eyeing Joe. The Joe in our church, the musician Joe, and just kind of like staring him down, eyeing him for, um, you know, a reaction. But the title to this message is, and even for those watching online, is Do You Know Joe? Turn to your neighbor and say, Do You Know Joe? Do You Know Joe? 
Amen. Praise God. Do you know Joe? Let's get to know Joe. Amen. And let's learn from Joe. There are three things that as I was looking at Joseph's life, are three things I feel so inspired by. Three things that I am personally challenged by. Uh, uh, three things that I believe that we will all benefit from today. And uh, point number one is this. Joe was someone who, who chose God over our sight. So point number one is this. Choose God over our sight. Is there something wrong with the projection? Let's get that fixed up. And, uh, you know, as they're getting fixed up, write down. Point number one, choose God over our sight. How many know that Mary, as we read, Mary was chosen, right? Mary was chosen uh, to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And so for Mary, uh, she just knew, right? She knew. She, she knew that she had never been with a man. And so she knew that, oh, I'm suddenly pregnant. And she knew, and there were all adults here, uh, she knew when she probably go like, mm, usually this time, since I'm a young girl, uh, my period will come. My period's not coming. I'm starting to have certain cravings. I'm starting to have symptoms of someone that's pregnant. And I know, and I know, and I know that I've not been with a man, so this can only come from God. And on top of that, she also had that encounter with the angel to say that, hey, you know, God's going to use you in this way. But how many know that while Mary was chosen, Joseph had to believe? And, and Joseph had to believe. And how many know that to believe by faith, we cannot walk by sight? So I'm not sure about you, but how many of you here would be like Joseph and go like, you know what? This situation might look messy, but I'm going to believe. This might not be the outcome that I imagine, but I'm going to believe. And, and it always takes faith because even when God revealed that what was inside of Mary was of the Holy Spirit, God did it even though it wasn't a vision with an angel, but God still did it. And this is something that we got to learn about God. God will always move in the way that requires us to have faith. Even when you see a vision like Joseph, God chose to present that vision in a dream. Right? Earlier on, it says there that it was in a dream that he saw this vision. And, and in verse 20, it says there, and, and how many know that you know, you can have dreams and I won't ask how many of you have dreamt of angels before. But sometimes we dream and then we wake up and it's fully possible to just shrug it off and go like, oh, maybe it was just a dream. But Joseph didn't, didn't go with that. Joseph chose to believe. Joseph chose God. Joseph chose Jesus. He chose God over what he saw. And maybe this is encouragement for some of us here. Maybe you are in a similar situation as Joseph. You're, you're a God-fearing, God-honoring person. And, and you expected God to honor your, 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 your honoring of Him. You, you expected God to, to you know, cause you to reap uh, from all your sowing. Uh, but right now, what you are reaping, right now, what you're experiencing doesn't feel like it's 100% from God. 
My friends, maybe there's a word of encouragement for you today. Maybe you need to choose God. Just be like Joseph. Choose God over your own sight. Choose God over what your eyes and what your ears and everything is telling you. Because just because, I wrote down here, just because it's not pretty doesn't mean that God's not in the picture. A lot of us have this pretty picture of Christmas. But how many know that from Scripture read, it wasn't pretty. A divorce almost happened, but God intervened. A, a, a suspicious pregnancy was there, and Joseph had to believe. Joseph had to believe, not only that, but, but all of this, that this was going to be a son and he's going to save the world and all that. How many know that he had to believe even after Jesus was born? Because how many know that Jesus didn't save the world when he was a baby? You know, he wasn't super baby. You know, he didn't come out from the womb and go like, hey, Joe, thanks for believing in me. You know, no. He was a baby that needed to be cared for, a baby that scripture later says that needed to you know, go through all the purification process to be circumcised and all that. He was still a baby, which means that Joseph actually has so much faith. It says nothing that when the baby came out, he was glowing. Oh. And sometimes you look at the cards of nativity scenes and, and, and modern day interpretations almost draw like this halo of a glow around baby Jesus. But tell you what, baby Jesus didn't have a glow when he came out. He was covered in blood, you know, as all babies are when they're coming out. And, and Joseph had to go like, you know what, even though what I'm seeing looks very natural, I believe that this is supernatural. Amen. And maybe this is a word for some of us here. Maybe what you're going through here doesn't feel very God at all. What you're going through at work, what you're going through in your studies, what you're going through in life right now, what you're going through in the UK. Maybe for some of you students, when you first came over, you imagine your first Christmas to be, I don't know, snowing. You imagine it to be, I don't know, just, just fantastic. And you didn't imagine it to be like this now. You didn't imagine yourself to have housemates like you have them now. You know, God bless all our housemates. You know, he didn't imagine it. Uh, to your, your job when you accepted it. Uh, you didn't imagine it to be like this now. But friends, I want to tell you again that just because it's not pretty doesn't mean God's not in the picture. Amen. Would you, would you begin to tell yourself, so come on, if there's one thing to learn from the Christmas story is that Joseph was a man of faith. And not only did he choose to have faith, he chose God over our sight. So friends, don't just choose to have faith like I believe, I believe, I believe. Who are you believing in? Amen? Believe in God. Choose Jesus. Choose God. I wrote here that the reason sometimes we can see the mess, it's because God's in it. You know, sometimes, you know, we are so broken that we are in a mess and we can't even see it. Have you, have you gone, uh, watched those documentaries before where people are, they, they hoard things, right? And maybe some of us here, we are hoarders. And as a hoarder, uh, you can't tell that you're doing something wrong, right? We see some people, they, they, they keep just stacks and stacks of old newspaper. They just refuse to throw anything away. And, and their house becomes like a, like a dump. Uh, uh, some, some people, you know, uh, uh, you know and, and, and you know, if this is you, God bless you and, and you know, God refresh you. Uh, but some of us here, maybe you, you have a B.O. problem. You have a body odor problem. And, and, and you can't smell it. And so sometimes we think that, oh, it's so messy. God is not in it. No, no, no. If God's not in it, maybe you won't even realize it's a mess. 
And the only reason you're realizing it's a mess is because God is more in it than you realize. And God is opening your eyes more than you realize. And in the opening of your eyes, God is saying to have faith. How many know that sometimes God points us to the mess so that He can turn it around? Amen? Otherwise, you know, we don't even know, you know, that God's turning things around. We take God for granted. And so, I, w- I want us to, to learn, you know, this thing from Joseph. Because really, not enough is, it, it, you know, uh, uh, extracted from his life, but really, he is such a man of faith. So, point number one, choose God over our sight. Point number two is this, choose God over your rights. Choose God over your rights. Joseph had some rights, right? He had the right to be angry. How many of you here, you know, uh, um, love it when your plans don't go according your way? Nobody, right? Nobody, you know? Can you imagine Joseph was looking forward to getting married? And then, surprise, God gate-crashed his plans. And, and let's be real here. You know, he, he had the right to be upset. He had the right to be suspicious. He had the right even, according to the law, to divorce her. Publicly even. But he chose to do it privately. And he had to give up his right. And maybe this is a word for us today. Some of us here... You know, God is saying that, would you give up your right? Your right to be comfortable. Your right to be angry. Or let's go in a little bit deeper. Your right to live life like how you please. Talk about the ultimate interruption. This was, this was Joseph. And not only that, it says here, you know, I love the scripture that we just read in verse 25. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Oh, such a nice word, did not know her. But all adults here, let me get real with you. It means have sex. Every time the Bible says no, okay, everyone looked at me like, did the pastor just say sex? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as if you guys don't. Anyway, um, you know, the, every time the Bible says that Adam knew Eve, it means that they, they had intercourse. And so how many know that when they're married, you know, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of law, but he, even, even in his marriage, sometimes growing up in a Christian purity environment, sometimes we teach it the wrong way. We almost teach it like, like it's a floodgate. You know, we go like, guys, just hold it in. Girls, just hold it in. Hold it in. Hold it in. Hold it in. And then let it explode on your wedding night. How many know that Joseph didn't explode on his wedding night? He had to be patient. And so, he, so when, he, when he chose God, he wasn't just choosing God for convenience. Some of us, we, we, we choose God for, you know, for that secret blessing, you know. We choose to be pure because we, we hope that when we do, I don't know, enter marriage and have sex, that's going to be mind-blowing. But no, choose God for God. Choose God over your rights. Choose God over your, your right to be blessed. Did, did Joseph have the right to be blessed? To, to have a, is there anything any evil with, with getting married? No. But he had to give that up. How many know that sometimes when God moves in our lives, we got to give up. We got to give up certain things. What is God? And as, as we draw to a close this year, right? And it's so important for me to even challenge us because we forget that, that it's not just Christmas, but a new year is coming. Just this morning, somebody reminded me, Pastor, next year is not 2021, it's 2022. And I go like, you're right. 
And sometimes if we don't start taking an inventory checklist and stock of our lives right now, we will, we will, we will sleep into next year, not walk into next year. And maybe what we need to do even right now is to ask the Lord God, I, I, I want to go into the next year, into the new season, uh, choosing you. Choosing you. And I want to go deeper. How many of you, we always say that, right? You don't have to raise your hands. I can even tell you, uh, or at least repeat to you, the New Year resolution that you will tell your pastor. Pastor, in the New Year, I want to read the Bible more. I want to serve more. I want to go deeper in Him. I want to I wanna do this. I want to go into homes. I'll go to prayer meeting. And, and it's all good. But friends, how many know that to do all that, you got to give up your right? To serve, you got to give up your right to sleep. To serve, you got to give up your right to just receive. Right? And that's just serving. How about giving? Right? We all want God to use us. But if you want God to use you in a powerful way, in a meaningful way, in a life-transforming way, friends, there needs to be an exchange. There needs to be a giving up of rights. And so Joseph here, he gave up his right to to, you know, solve his own problems his way. How many of you have tried or been tempted to do that? You had a, I don't know, a, you know, a colleague that really bugs you and you've been tempted to just sort it out your way. You know, you tell the person off, give them a piece of your mind, whatever it is. But how many know that Joseph had to give up the right to solve this mysterious pregnancy his way? He wanted to solve it through a divorce, but Jesus, you know, intervened. God intervened. And then he began to go like, you know what? I'm going to give up my right. You know, even my right as a husband, give up my right to be angry, my right to, you know, I don't know, to be suspicious. You know, before you go into the new year, maybe there are some rights you need to give up today. Maybe you need to stop being angry. And, and it's easier said than done, friends. And I know it's easier said than done. But friends, it's got to start somewhere. Don't bring into next year, don't bring into 2022 this year's emotional baggage. Or worse, last year <laughs> or the year before, the pain, the disappointments, right? You know, don't bring up, you know, give up your right to get even. Give up your right to stay angry. Give up your right to stay comfortable. Give up your right to worry. Give up your right. Would you choose God over your rights. Amen? Amen? Point number three is this. Would you choose God over being liked? Point number one is this. Choose God over your sight. Have faith. Amen? Just because you're in a messy situation, just because what you're going through is not how you pictured it, doesn't mean God's not in it. In fact, it could be a big hint that He is. Point number two. Choose God over your right. Amen. You know, some of us here, and I believe I'm speaking to some people here, you're going to give up your, I don't know, whatever it is that you think is your right, that relationship that you think is your right. I have my right to date whoever I want to date, to love whoever I want to love, and you think it's your right. But God is saying, would you give up that right for Him? And point number three is this, choose God over being liked. Basically, would you... Choose Jesus if it meant disappointing your family. Would you choose Jesus if it means being the topic 
of other people's ridicule. Think about what this young couple had to go through. And do you think it was an easy situation? We all know, and we can read later on in Matthew chapter 2, that basically when they were supposed to go and register, there was this big census that happened, and he had to go to his hometown of Bethlehem to register that, yep, I'm from here. You know, it says that there was no room for him in the inn. Isn't it ironic that this was, this is not like modern day times. Oh yeah, it happens, you know, if I have to travel last minute, you know, and hotels.com, can't find anything. No, back then, you know, it, it wasn't like this. Back then, it, it, it was, this was a culture where being hospitable was a virtue. You know, some of us here, uh, uh, we love hosting people. Right? Some of us here, you know, you, you dream of the day you can have your own place where, and, and you have your own guest room and you love inviting people over. Please come, stay over, please come, have dinner at our place. This was that kind of culture. And yet, how come in a culture that, that, that loves hospitality, uh, they, 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 they enter into a town, into a city and had no room for them? Could it be that this decision to be obedient to God this decision to choose. They didn't just choose God. They, choose, they chose Jesus. They chose Jesus. Let them to maybe be ignored, to be seen as the troublesome couple. Can you imagine what Joseph, it wasn't said anything there. I wonder how Joseph's parents took it. You know, I know as a pastor, I talk to parents and some parents are so protective of their children. They literally think that their children is the best. And I'm like, let's buy me coffee and I'll tell you about how your children really are. But anyway, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. You know, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the truth is this, that you know, some, some people, they go like, no, my son deserves the best. I can imagine Joseph's parents going like, Why? Why, of all girls, why? Why? Come on, Joseph. You know, I can imagine his friends, his relatives going like, yep, yep, Joseph, mm, what a man. Oh, Joseph, so observant. Or worse, they could be calling his name, oh, naive Joseph. Oh, Joseph, you know, oh, yeah, the angel said so. Have you been there before? Where God has asked you to trust Him and everyone around you did not understand. But friends, let me ask you this. Would you choose, which would you choose? Popularity or purpose? And this young couple chose purpose. They chose God. And they said that God, even at the risk of being unpopular, I'm going to fulfill your purpose. And this is something that we're going to ask ourselves in the world that we live in today. Why do we choose being liked by others over being loved by God? We're so obsessed with being accepted by other people from being liked by others. From, I don't know, being included by others that we will risk excluding God. My friends, Joseph got it right. What a price to pay. He chose God. He chose Jesus over everything. And friends, my, my hope is that for us to become true Christ followers and 
to follow Christ, we've got we to gotta serve God according to His terms. We've got to say yes to Him and not have you know, our own preferences. And sometimes that requires us to go beyond what our eyes are seeing. And I can tell you from personal experience, you know, that God always works like that. God always honors faith. And yesterday, speaking of meeting our parents, yesterday I caught up with, uh, you know, Toby Aurora's parents. Don't worry, I didn't, you know, say anything bad about Toby Aurora. Um, and uh, the reason why we call up them is, is not, uh, you know, they're such a blessing, uh, but they also serve as like the trustees of our, our church. And so it was just good to catch up and just to, you know, hear what God is doing. And, and, and I, I always remember like, wow, you know, a lot of times we don't realize, we, we, especially for the new ones here, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, maybe this sounds, the, if the old ones here, I've heard this story many times, I'm just going to say it anyway, because I love talking, all right? You know, how many know that things don't just happen? Yeah. You know, you're, if you grew up if you're, if you're with a mom, you will realize that, you know, if you begin to take your mom for granted, they will tell you that, do you, do you think this is a hotel? Right? Do you think that the clothes just happen to wash them by themselves and happen to fold them by themselves? Do you think food just happens on the table? Right? And, and, and sometimes, no, don't, let's not get dad angry because dad will be like, oh, you think the, the internet happens by itself? You think your school fees happened by itself? You think this car ride happened by itself? How many know that church doesn't happen by itself? And sometimes, you know, you, we might think that, oh, you know, there's somebody, there's, yeah, somebody will look into it. You know, the, the chairs will arrange by itself. No, it didn't arrange by itself. You know, this church will grow by itself. No, the church won't just grow by itself. It requires people. And I'm so glad for people who came along the journey, who built the church, who didn't just join Acts London and go like, I'm just going to join and receive. How many know that that is a mark of, of an immature believer? You know, and don't, don't get me wrong. If you're a new believer, it's all right to be immature, right? We don't expect babies to be mature. We want to laugh and play with a baby. So as I'm saying that, please, I don't mean to knock anyone here. And, uh, but but we, we need to grow from faith to faith. After a while, you, you got to realize that, wow, I've received, you know, that, you know the, the, the hospitality table doesn't just happen by itself. I'm so blessed. Oh, I'm so blessed by the worship. I'm so blessed by the warm handshakes. I'm so blessed by, you know, everything. Hopefully, you even say, I'm so blessed by, by the preaching sometimes. And, and, you know, I can tell from your honest reaction, yeah, only sometimes. And, and the thing is, you know, it doesn't just happen. People came when church didn't look like much and they chose to choose God over their sight and I still remember when uh, you know Rora and Toby's parents and I think Rora could even be there for the first time they stepped into X church we were not meeting here yet uh, Pastor Ken and I had yet to fly into the UK yet um, we were meeting at this other hotel near Hyde Park and uh, that particular Sunday for whatever reason even the coordinator wasn't there the coordinator had to be away attending a church conference in Malaysia. And so that day, the church continued to gather. And, and uh, you know, um, the person who led worship that day couldn't play an instrument. So they decided to lead worship by playing a CD. 
How many know that you don't need to play a guitar to lead worship, you can play a CD? Or some of you need, might need an introduction on what a CD is. Because everything now is just streaming, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, and, and I still remember they told us the story like, yeah, we came to church and we were told that there was a church meeting at this hotel and they went in, that church looked nothing like what they pictured. And the worship was like nothing that they had ever experienced. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in a unique way. You know, like how you, you, you are too nice to, to say it's not nice. So you say it's interesting. Have you been there before? Where your friend introduces you to their cuisine. Please try. I just baked this fruitcake for the first time. Do you like it? It's interesting. It's interesting. So interesting. What do you put inside? Because then I cannot tell just by eating it. I'm so glad that God brought people along our journey who saw when church was nothing to be seen and they chose God over sight. And it doesn't have to be, you know, for some of you, even coming here is still choosing God over sight. And you go, and I, friends, I tell you, God will honor you for it. Because guess what? Even the very first time, you know, people had to choose Jesus oversight. Jesus wasn't an impressive speaker yet. He wasn't the, the son of man who could perform miracles yet. He was just a bump. And yet, there were people who saw that bump and saw God. Would you see the bumps in your life right now and see God? Maybe it's, gonna, it's, it's a bumpy journey for you now, transitioning into this city. But will you see God in each of those bumps? Amen? Would you, would you choose God over, over your rights? Amen? And surrender to Him. Would you choose God for God? Amen? You know, I really believe that even as we are entering into this season of, you know, year end and, and soon, you know, I might see less and less of us because more travel plans might kick in. More Christmas holidays might kick in. In fact, some of you, uh, this might be the last time I see you for this year because I know some have already told me I'm flying home or I won't see you until 2022. And I pray that even as we are gathered here and not just today, but every Sunday that we gather here, May we never ever forget that what we have, everything that we have, even the faith that we have, Jesus on the cross, even that Jesus on the cross was God enabling people to look at the cross, which the Bible says to the Jews, it's a sign of a curse and to the Greeks, it's a sign of foolishness. And yet people will look at the cross and choose God. And says that only, only God, only God would love me like that. And I pray that as we enter into a season that, you know, could be anything goes. It could be busy. It could be not busy. It could be lockdown, no lockdown, whatever it is. I pray that as we are walking into a season where, you know, we can't even trust our eyes, we can't even trust the news that we read, that we will choose God over the news. Amen? Choose God over the noise. Choose God over our sights. And give up 
our right to be busy. Give up our right. Maybe, maybe your right to think that year end means holiday. Your right to think that way. Your right to think that year end is, you know, uh, 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 your time. Your right to think like that. But would you give up that right? With the one month that we have left, would you look back at, I don't know, the things of God that, that you prayed and you hoped that God would bring to pass? And instead of, I don't know, focusing on yourself, because here ends a time where people focus, I need my time off, I need my holiday, I need my turkey, I need my shopping, I need my bank holiday, I need my Netflix and chill, I need my hot chocolate. That you will go like, you know what? God, help me right now to just stop, pause, don't focus on that right now and go like, God, can I still bring one more friend to know you before the year ends? Can, can I, God, can I... God, is that time to still do it? And friends, I'm here to tell you, God will say yes, but it will require us giving up our rights. And maybe for some of us here, I'm not saying that therefore cancel your holidays and all that, but maybe begin to see some purpose in that holiday. Begin to see some purpose in that party. Begin to see some purpose, amen, in your break. Amen. I pray that in this season, we would, we would want to model ourselves more like Joseph to go like, God, I want to honor you. I want to be someone that you can depend on. What a beautiful picture that God would entrust this young couple with the most important assignment in all of creation to bring this child who is of the Holy Spirit to full-term adulthood so that the sins of the world might be taken away. I believe that this purpose and this assignment is not just for this young couple. I believe every year in every generation, God is looking for young people such as these that will say to God, God, use me. Anything I have, God, use me. Mary had nothing, but she said probably, God, use me. If my womb is all that I have to offer, use me. If Joseph, you know, and I haven't even gotten into, maybe the second service I'll talk about it. Man, he didn't have to go to Egypt. Can you imagine, you know, I, I shouldn't say too much, you know, but the second service. But can you imagine, Carpenters are planners. Okay? Let me just put it that way, okay? I'm not saying he's OCD, but carpenters are planners. And imagine you had to give up all your plans. Give up all your plans and go to whichever country that God asked you to go. But I'm so glad he did because that's why we're celebrating today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that you help us to search our hearts. Lord, first of all, I just want to pray for our friends right now who could be just going through such a rough time.
and the year-end period, you know, they expected something quiet, they expected something peaceful, um, but it's just stormy, it is unpleasant, they're losing sleep, they feel like giving up. But right now, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for your refreshing touch to just meet them wherever they are at, even if they're watching online. God, I pray that you would just touch them, heal them, refresh them, and Lord, help them to see that God, you are in this with them. That you are the God who never leaves us or forsakes us. And so God, I pray that you would just fill everyone here who is struggling with their senses and everything within them, their eyes, their ears, their, their brain, their mind, everything is telling them that it's hopeless, that it's hopeless, that it's hopeless. God, I pray that Lord, that we will be reminded that when you came, you brought hope into a hopeless situation. And so God, help us choose you, choose to trust you over what we see and what we hear. God, I just want to pray for people here that could be wrestling with some serious emotional baggage, some real pain and trauma, some real disappointments, maybe even disappointment towards God. Friends, I want you to know that God is good. He is good. He is not evil. He's not a manipulator. And so if you find yourself being angry at Him because something didn't happen the way you envisioned it to be, I'm not saying that that wasn't painful for you. I'm not saying that that wasn't, you know, that what you went through wasn't real. No, it's real. But would you give up that right? Would you give up that right? Because sometimes God is moving moving more than we realize. And maybe it takes us giving up that, that rage in order for us to see clearly. Have you heard that before? When you're really angry, you can't see clearly. And some of you, your rage, your disappointment, your hurt, your anger, and your right to cling on to them. But your right is holding you back from God and maybe what you need to do friends is ask God to help you to give up that right to be angry because like I said God's not evil He is good and maybe what needs to change is our perception of God our perspective you're so engrossed in your side of the story have you asked God what His side of the story is? Maybe to answer your prayer, God needed you to go through what you go through. Maybe God doesn't just want to answer your prayer with that thing and that request only, but maybe God is trying to, you know, He's trying to build something bigger in you. You ask God for a miracle and maybe God is creating a real miracle because a miracle is not only when we get the thing that we are hoping for. A bigger miracle could be when we carry on even though we didn't get what we were hoping for. 
give up that right, friends. In the name of Jesus, I pray you will help. Holy Spirit, you will help us to let go of the things we need to let go. And God, I pray right now for people that really struggle with honouring you. And maybe in our midst, there are people that you find that you're living in two worlds. And it's not like you, it's not like you don't know God. It's not like you don't love Him. But you, you also can't give up your love for the world. Friends, I'm here to tell you, between the love of the world and the love of God, only one of those loves satisfy. And it's the love of God. So friends, would you draw a line? Maybe the Lord started this year with a challenge in your life, but you have been procrastinating in your obedience. And friends, I'm here to remind you, maybe it is the word of the Holy Spirit that your year is almost up. Would you keep being disobedient? Or would you choose God even if it means losing some and alienating some people closest to us? Would you choose God who loves you, who truly loves you? Don't settle for being liked. Choose God's love. Receive that, friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.